0: Abide with me, abide with me, don't let me fall, and don't let go, walk
1: with me, and never leave. This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. Back uh, to continue our series on the Compelled by Grace book, and I'm here with Rocky. Welcome, Rocky. Thanks, Right. We're excited about doing this. We we enjoyed doing last week's on The Secret of Divine Orchestration, and uh, this week we're going to talk a little bit about um, the second secret out of the 13 secrets, The Secret of Divine Perspective, and so... uh, uh, Rocky, uh, why don't you tell a little bit about what was going on in the story? If, if, you know, the, what what was the, the storyteller was wrestling a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you no, know,
0: there's always a wrestling match when we follow the Lord, uh-huh. right? And I think the wrestling matches oftentimes are wrestling with him, and then it's also wrestling with things he wants us to do. And that was the case here. But it was both, actually. This man was wrestling with what he perceived to be the will of God, which was, to be the the frontline encounter person with them a, a very scary human being <laughs> there was his neighbor that uh would prove to be an amazing story in uh-huh. itself. And um uh, but this is the beginning of that story before he ever knows that man. But he sees him. <laughs> he sees him from a distance. <laughs> And uh, he's scary. I mean, the best way to describe it is, Lord, have you seen that guy? He could eat me <laughs> for breakfast. I mean, he's like a Bigfoot. That was one of the things that he prayed. The narrator prayed in the story. But then that was his perspective as a human being. Yeah. That was his perspective as <laughs> probably experienced human being dealing with big, big people mm-hmm. who are scary. And... um But uh, the Lord asked him to look through his perspective and uh, to discover what the Lord saw about this man Mm. Uh, and then to reflect on his own life and how somebody reached out to him, who we know is Gabe. Mm -hmm. And now this baton was being passed along since Gabe had passed and the narrator went back and bought Gabe's farm mm-hmm. and would live there for the next 20 years uh, with his wife. Uh, and, it, and he would continue the tradition that Gabe did uh, and use it as a ministry home base. But at the same time, this was the entry into that, brand new, coming, <laughs> coming to the farm, which would be his home, mm. and introduced to – a a very large man lurking on the edge of the property like a Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the two perspectives that that are occurring here. One is the perspective that you get from what you see in in the world. And then the second thing is the perspective that God uh, says, I want you to look at through my point
1: of view well and, and we're talking about a perception of a man which boy that happens all the time doesn't it we make perceptions about or there, judgments of uh, <laughs> or judgments yeah. which we've talked about that and you, we could go off on the whole uh, yeah. racial tension all those kind of things and talk about that mm-hmm. which you know, that relates to this yeah. conversation but um there's also just situations in life you know maybe the the cards were dealt or whatever and we and we they don't, doesn't seem fair. To, how could this be from God? We, Woe is me, whatever. And we get off on that. We have a different perspective. So mm-hmm. God's always kind of messing with our perspective a little bit because he loves us and he wants to show us a better way. Well, he's got to because, you know, the perspective that we grow up in
0: to in this world, we were just talking about that before Christ. Yeah. What's our perspective?
1: Yeah, we it, it, every man's for himself. You got to take care of yourself. No one else will. Uh, survival yeah. mentality, almost. You know,
0: survival. Uh, and of course, Maslow talks about security significance. Yeah, safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what it comes down to is it's dog eat dog. Yeah, and your perspective is you grow up thinking. I mean, there are a few people that grow up with a golden spoon and their future is secured financially, but before they ever take a breath. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, they're not worth a flip either because <laughs> yeah. it spoils them. Never so. appreciate anything. Yeah. No, no, yeah. yeah, you see that oftentimes. And, and some wealthy people see that and, and they don't give their kids anything because they want them to make it on their own because they understand there's issues of character development. But, you know, that's a little digressing from what we're talking about. But But the perspective of the world basically is most people feel like they have to make it happen. Yeah. And they have to defend it. And that, that perspective creates somewhat of a, a condition of self-interest. Take care of me. Defend me. And exclude them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the way that perspective works. And that's the perspective that, that permeates the world.
1: And I think... Uh past experience sometimes informs our perspective, you know, and, and what we think about other people or past hurts or wounds. Mm-hmm. Pe- people have betrayed our trust and so we don't think we can trust anybody and or we've been untrustworthy and so how could you trust anybody? Well, that's know? generally the reason why we don't trust people.
0: Yeah, usually, yeah, that's right. Because we, we know we, we're really not trustworthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you put a definition in the workbook of, uh, in uh, The Secret of Divine Perspective, it says, our view should not be earthbound. A man who abides in Christ is constantly challenged by God to see things his way. In order to do this, we must abandon our rights to ourselves and stop asking God to look at our world through our point of view. Rather, we should trust his wisdom and perspective and look at our world through his point of view. Then we're able to see through his divine perspective. Yeah.
0: And I think the, the optimum word there There's is constantly challenged. Because as a, as a follower of Christ, he's always going to be showing us what is the antithesis of this world. Mm-hmm. And, and Christianity is, basically. You know, you, you just take what he says. Somebody wants to steal your coat, give me shirt. Compel you to go a mile, give him two miles. Mm-hmm. You love your enemy. I mean, think about this. Be a servant. Uh, he modeled it. Mm-hmm. He showed it what it, looked, what it looked like, and all of that's an antithesis. It's an antithesis of a king to lay down his crown like that, take on the role of a bondservant, wash off dirty feet, yeah. and to give a, a model for the way we're to serve. That's the opposite of the world. Yeah, and then you can keep going with it. Just God's point of view, the way He looks at us versus oftentimes the way we look at ourselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, we've discussed many times before about the orphan spirit, and the orphan spirit is, is embraced and held onto by Christians actually, who are not willing to release that old image of themselves and embrace that grace, love from God, who wants to adopt us into a sonship or daughtership. And even though we're adopted, we don't release that whole perspective of ourselves. Mm. And until we began to look at the way he looks at us versus the way we look at ourselves. Look at ourselves and we value ourselves based on our performance, or our lack of it, our mistakes, our imperfections, our flaws. And he looks at us as complete because Christ died for us and, and he bestowed upon the grace that we have. We say that we're unworthy to receive this sonship and this intimacy with Christ. And and what we hear God say is, I have made you worthy. Mm. You didn't make yourself worthy. Now, that's a divine perspective.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we begin to look at ourselves and look at others through a divine perspective, we see it differently. Mm. We see them differently. We see ourselves differently. But it has to be in contrast to the world.
1: Well, I, I like it. You've said this before. It, you, we were talking about, you know, God's people that when when He delivered them out of Egypt, He said He got them out of Egypt, but it took forty years to get Egypt out of them. That's right, <laughs> exactly. Ingrained in just this mm-hmm. whatever it was, the slavery mentality.
0: I guess. Well, it was that, but also they were under the culture, the influence of the culture, and yeah. the influence of the Egyptian cultures. They believed in many gods. Yeah. They didn't believe in one god. They just had many, and they mm-hmm. had them for whatever season or whatever need, they even had a good luck charm, God. Mm-hmm. And they generally kept that in their house. And then when they came out of there, the first thing that God had to do is they had, He had to teach them, there's only one God and I'm Him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I am Almighty God. And and I want a people that I will draw to myself that will be my people. But you have to abandon your idols. You have to abandon your old ways. Now. Unfortunately, it required all but two men of that whole people that came out of Egypt uh, to die. And what was rebirth from those people would be people born in the wilderness
1: mm. with a different perspective. Yeah, that's right. So um, you, I think in that quote, you talked about abiding, of course, as a way to get the divine perspective. I mean, and would you say God's Word is one of the biggest ways that helps helps us get a divine perspective? There's the way to it. That's one of the ways or just well, the way? I think it. I think it's the written map. Right.
0: You know, I mean, you can stumble along out there in the wilderness and take your pick and shovel and try to figure out where there's some gold and maybe where some treasure might be buried. But if you have a map, you get there a lot quicker, right? Mm-hmm. And so the scriptures are is a map. It's a map to this relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have to just learn how to read the map. But you can't just stay with the map. You can't worship the map. You can't just hang out on it being the intellectual endeavor. It, it, the map has to lead you somewhere. It has to lead you to that that place of intimacy with Christ. And it's there that we begin to have so many characteristics of Christ that begin to flow out of our life. It flows into our life and out of our life and it becomes our life. Mm -hmm. And we call them the fruit of the spirit. Right. But there's also a a divine perspective because we began to look at the world and, and the people of the world and the ways of the world and the times of the world through a biblical perspective. Mm. And the biblical perspective is where he, communicates to us and speaks to our heart with a way that we can understand it and see it very clearly.
1: Well, and, and Jesus said, I'm going away, but I'm going to send a helper to, to help you understand these things that I've been trying to tell you. So so he sends the, Holy, the Spirit, Holy Spirit came to help us understand what we read in the Bible, plus as we see a situation, what, yeah. we, should have, what we should think about it. Well, have you ever, uh,
0: any time in your life, have you read the Bible and you were totally un- uninspired by what you read, and then sometime later you came to a point where you read the same thing and you were
1: completely inspired, in fact, mm-hmm. turned upside down? Yeah, oh yeah. Why do you think that happened? Yeah, I think in that moment God illuminated, I mean, the yeah. Holy Spirit illuminated something. something That's what I was looking for, Holy yeah. Spirit. Yeah.
0: You see, He is the one who illuminates. He is the one who helps us see, but it's it's not the obvious mm it's oftentimes not the obvious. It's oftentimes below the obvious. And the reason why is but there, there are just so many parables, parallels, there's metaphors, uh, there's allegory, there's a lot of things in there that require you to continue to pursue it and understand it, to understand what does this mean? Mm-hmm. I had a man this week uh, that was asking me about Romans, about the anxious longing of creation, and you know the ones that we're talking about mm-hmm. there. And, Waiting for the birth of children of God and and how the, the, the creation is, is subjected to so much futility and all things. You remember that passage. Yeah, sure. And he was writing to me, and he's a new believer, and I'm mentoring him. He says, what in the world does this mean? Mm-hmm. And then I had to translate it from, you know, the metaphors to personal. And that is, I'll tell you right now, I'm longing for heaven. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, this part of creation is agitated and longing for heaven. Mm -hmm. And the reason I'm longing for heaven is because this world doesn't do it for me. You know, there's too much pain. There's too much agitation. There's too much unsettling. There's too much evil. There's too much sin. And I'm longing for that time and place that I'll be out beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I said in creation, whether they know it or not, whether they even know God, they have a longing with them. It's within them. Now, not everybody will respond, but those who respond will be birthed hmm. into the family of God. You know what his comment was? Why didn't Paul say that in the first place? <laughs> 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 but the point being is that you have to study the Scriptures. Yeah. You have to apply it to your life. You have to look below, below it. And the Holy Spirit teaches you how to see that. Yeah. You know, that, talking about kingdom seekers, that's one thing that Jesus said to his disciples he said, to you have been entrusted secrets of the kingdom. Yeah. But to them. I you know, speak in parables. That's right. <laughs> right. That's yeah. right. And so, you know, it's just a way to invite us in deeper.
1: Well, I've, I've told this story before, but when I, I remember when I was first married, first few years of marriage, we it was a beautiful day. We, and Missy and I went out to the, a park. And I think just trying to be a romantic gesture, we were going to read the scriptures together. And we didn't even ever read the Bible. You know, I mean, I had to go find my Bible in some drawer, you know, <laughs> and uh, but we started reading and I, all I knew was at that. I mean, I was raised going to church, so I knew some of the stories, but all I knew was kind of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you know, so I, let's let's start there. Members of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's about what, where we were. Um, but I remember us reading it and it was just like this guy was talking. It didn't really make any sense. It didn't, you know, and then fast forward about. 5 years later and I went to a promise keeper conference and God just totally changed me and then I started wanting to read the word mm-hmm. after that and it's like the scales have had fallen from my yeah. eyes yeah I started reading it and it started making sense to me yeah. so I think there is a a surrender maybe an abandonment mm-hmm. a trust mm-hmm. first of all you have to have put your trust in Jesus yeah. so that the holy spirit can come into your life but but it makes all the difference and then I started understanding You've Absolutely. Done. Well, you know, even today, I, I pray, open my eyes that I may see, and yeah. may understand.
0: Help me to hear Your voice. Mm-hmm. And where, before I have my quiet time, I say that oftentimes, pray that often. Help me to see and hear what You want to tell me today. Mm.
1: Well, um, speaking of God's Word, um, in the in our workbook that you you have that accompanies Compelled by Grace, uh, you put a couple of scriptures that help make the point. But the first one was Luke twelve twenty nine through thirty one. Do not seek what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink. Don't be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you.
0: So you see two contrasts of perspectives there, right? Yeah. One is to seek the things of the world, and everybody does it. It's what Mm -hmm. Jesus said. Everybody Mm -hmm. knows it. Everybody does it. But then you have the other perspective, and that is, but Papa knows those things. Mm -hmm. He'll take care of it. Seek him first, and all those things be added to it. Mm. And I once heard it like this, that uh, if we seek the world and what it offers, that'll be about the best we get. Yeah. But if we seek the kingdom of God, we get that and the other things. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And the kingdom of God is what we have after those things are no longer. Point being is that God's deal is a lot better deal, mm-hmm. and it's a pathway. He's showing us the way because, you see, the, 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 oftentimes the reason we seek these things so um, aggressively is because of fear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fear of failure, fear of not having enough, fear of not providing, uh, insecurity, anxiety. All of that's a domino effect that just falls one after another. Then, then we began trying to over control. Uh, we're trying to make things happen. We' trying to control people. We're operating in fear, 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 fear. Mm. But when the Lord says, "I'll take care of that, trust me, then the fear goes away and then we're allowed to have a, a different perspective, a divine perspective
1: mm. about our life and about the world. And people are really tested when these to, to do, really live that life, you, it's a test. You know, I mean, it's hard, I think, for at first. Yeah, life is a test everybody, I think. I mean, I'm thinking of situations that somebody could be in, you know, financial challenges. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of their kids has got an illness or, you know, something like those things are— it's a challenge, but he said, his, do we believe what his word says? You know, seek, seek him first, and then he'll put everything else in order the way it needs to be.
0: And in Philippians, I think it's 4.13, Paul says this, that my God shall pl- supply all of your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Supply all of your needs according to his riches, mm-hmm. Christ Jesus. Now, the riches of God <laughs> are universal. Yeah. The capability of him delivering anything we need at any time is he's not limited. He's not limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through Christ Jesus, and that's the only path is that we have the intimate relationship with him as children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what father doesn't provide for his child? Jesus said that, didn't he? He says, what father would be a, a child asks a father for a fish, fish give and him gives him a, him a serpent. Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, no, no good father would do that. So a divine perspective tells me that I've got a father in heaven who has all the riches of the universe he loves me. He's my daddy. And he'll provide for me. Hmm. Do I trust that? Am I willing to really bank on it? And uh, the truth is, is it, it comes down to that. Am I willing to really put that at risk? And if I can if I can finally release that, I can find that peace that evades me.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard people when they kind of reach that point, even myself, you kind of get to the point, Lord, whatever you want. I just want what you want. You know what I need. You know, you know, I'm, my life's in your hands, Lord. Well, that's release right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and and sometimes it's not provision. This was kind of example of provision um, situation though. Like, like in the the storyteller was he felt like the Lord was asking him to go confront or go go talk to this man who really thought the guy wished him harm, yeah. and he was huge and terrifying and all that. Yeah. And, but there could be other terrifying situations people are facing that they feel like God's asking them to take a step of obedience yeah. or, or faith and trust, uh, and they're scared. They don't know. And, uh, and uh, this verse might help with that, Isaiah 55, 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Yeah. Well,
0: at the end of that particular chapter, not to give it away, but I will, <laughs> the man basically said, okay, I don't know what to do, but here I am. Mm-hmm. Show me the way. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's that's the greatest perspective that we can have is a divine perspective. And that is not to try to have understanding of what we need to do, but being willing to do whatever the Lord would have us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, put ourselves out there and say, here I am. I'm yours. I'm willing. And uh, I'm looking for your
1: leadership here. I have a friend who was telling me one time, this reminded me of that, he said there's times that he feels called to go meet with the guy to give him some counsel or something. And he said there's times that he he has something to offer, you know, like he has a legal background or he's got, Mm -hmm. you know, experience in business or whatever. And he knows he's got something to offer. He said when he's terrified is when he's going, I have nothing to offer, like some situation about a divorce or or some something that he's he really doesn't know what he would say. I mean he feels ill equipped he said that's when God uses him the most yeah. is when it's not him it's a, it's God using speaking through him and uh, he says when he's just so he has to be so dependent on God during those situations the other ones he can just lean on his experience yeah. his ingenuity or whatever but uh, and and I, that resonated with me
0: well it resonates with me too and, and and I guess it was probably about 20 years ago that I had a I had a situation that, that taught me how important it is to, to put it at risk. And, and, and what it had to do with being a conference speaker. And you know, I'm comfortable now with, comf- with speaking toward large audiences. I don't have any problem with it now. But there had to be a point of transition where, where I didn't really have to have their approval that the only one I wanted to do was be faithful to share what God had taught me in my life. And as long as I was speaking from experience, then they can argue with that, that the truth is the truth. And so, but before that, Brian, before I was willing to do that, there was a, a need for approval and there was a need for impressing. And you know, you want to have your four points and your prayer, but along the line, you want to have funny stories, laughter. You know, you want to be a comedian. I mean, you stop thinking about it. You want to be motivational, because those are the way good speakers are, right? Mm -hmm. And you compare yourself to that. And I had been a businessman for years. I learned, I knew how to prepare for my job. I knew how to prepare for meeting with a client. I'm very thoroughly equipped in doing that and i kind of approached it the same way to prepare that way and then i had this talk uh, with this group of people and i bombed bombed and it's funny because it it, it literally felt like this that the spirit left me i mean i just kind of felt clammy and cold all over it just felt like it didn't feel right and you know it's bad when people are looking at me with, uh, with concern in their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> if their eyes are open. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they're open because they're wondering what's going to happen next year. But I may hit through that. But I, uh, fortunately, I had the next morning to meet with them. And that night, I did business with the Lord. And I prayed. <laughs> I called out to him. I said, Lord, I said, I told you I didn't want to do this. Conference stuff, yeah. You know, I'm good with young, you know, people face to face and small groups, and you know, I'm I'm just not a conference speaker and all that. And here I am having to do a conference because I wrote my first book, yeah. You know? And uh, I said, and I I didn't want to do it. And I knew it. I didn't want to do it because I felt like if I got up there, that you would desert me, you would leave me. And sure enough, you did. Boy, he he spoke to me, and he can do it if you're listening. He said, I didn't leave you, you left me. I never asked you to be a conference speaker. I never asked you to be a theologian. I never asked you to be a comedian. I never asked you to be an entertainer. I've asked you only to share your experiences with me. And as long as you do that, you don't ever have to fear Mm -hmm. about what you say or, or if you're ready. And so since that time, Brian, as you know, I don't do much preparation before I get up to talk with people, I have about two or three points, but the rest of it is, I rely heavily, heavily, heavily on him to give me what I need at the time. And mm. that takes a lot of risk. That's The hardest thing about speaking to me is emptying myself mm. because I want to get in there and I want to start my note taking, I want to start writing out in detail. I want to have the transition marks <laughs> where everything about it, and every time I get there, he shuts me down. And, and that's the hardest part mm. of this is not the, not being there and speaking. The hardest part is before then and the emptying that takes place. And it has to be. It's just an agonizing time.
1: Mm. Well, so uh, to summarize this point about I, there was a part in the Compelled by Grace uh, where you're talking about um, – you, you're the storytellers saying that uh, Gabe had taught him how to get the divine perspective about, you know, sitting down with God's word, reading it, listening, um, writing some things down, you know. In, in our uh, world, we do the, I mean, in, in the journey world, we teach people how to use the STAR method, you know, as a way to take the God's word and start applying it to their life. And as we're doing that, it'll start applying to whatever situations we're facing, yeah. whatever it is, and it will help us get a divine perspective
0: well, here's an ex- excerpt from chapter 3. Okay. Um, and I quote it Each night I would start my time in God's word and then fin- finish our communication by praying back to him those things I read and how they applied to my life. Gabe had shown to me a kingdom secret with how to converse with God. He called it getting a divine perspective. He told me the Lord would have his children develop their communication with him by reading his word allowing him to speak to us through it while applying those passages to our lives. We should then answer him by praying back our response. He talks, and we listen, and then we talk, and he listens.
1: Hmm.
0: That's the star.
1: <laughs> that is. The that scripture is.
0: that we read, the thought conveyed, the application made,
1: and the response. Hmm. And we had, a, uh, we had a guy just sent us a note today who's one of our leaders out there, and he, and, and he went to seminary. Seminary, super bright guy. yeah. And he said that little simple acrostic, the star, changed his life. Mm-hmm. He taught him. It really made God's Word go from his head to his heart in a way that he'd never experienced before.
0: And that's the difference. That's where the divine perspective is discovered, mm-hmm. is that when we embrace it at the heart level, It has to go through the head through the mind through the intellect but it has to not stay there It has to go into the deep inner emotions
1: of our life to embrace it soul at the depth of our soul and then then you have to take the step of obedience to trust it Mm -hmm. in whatever it is that's in front of you yeah Yeah. that's exactly right yeah wow that's good that's good all right well you uh Did you give away next week's, uh, we're going to be talking about The the Secret of Divine Dispatchment. Exactly right. Is the next one. And
0: this is important because now the narrator is going to be dispatched. (laughs) This story really gets good. If people read the book, they would would understand that there's a little adventure going on. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. You're going to get to meet this guy named Ned. So right. uh, we'll talk about that next week. So <laughs> good. All right. Well, thank you, Rocky. That was good. I I think it it's starting to all tie together here with uh, and it it uh, makes sense in in context of the journey as well for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> so
0: well, we'll see you next week.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Great. Well, this has been the Influencers Network podcast, and uh, we're continuing our 13-part our series on the 13 Kingdom Secrets that are spelled out in Rocky's book, Compelled by Grace. And if you'd like to order a copy of the book or the workbook, we have, have those on our on our store, on our website, website. so you can go to influencers.org to, to find those things. and. If you haven't seen our shiny new website, go check it out. we got all sorts of cool stuff on there and new pages, and there's a brand-new testimony page where we highlight some of the stories that we're hearing all the time. So anyway, we're just so blessed to see what God's doing through this ministry. We just we just want to keep uh, keep abiding with Him so that we will we'll find our way. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.